Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. If conservatives aren't stupid, then what are they? And I mean this seriously. I, this is not some you know kind of tongue-in-cheek thing. These are the people who, when Donald Trump was running for president, was essentially a failed businessman. I mean, who goes broke running casinos? Nobody in the history of the world, to the best of my knowledge, except Donald Trump. Yeah, he was a reality TV star, I guess. Maybe you could say you thought he was a good businessman, but then he got into office and we started learning all kinds of stuff, like his university, Trump University. And actually, I think this happened, as I recall, before the election, after the primary, before the election, that he got busted for running a fake university and had defrauded tens of thousands of Americans out of their money. A lot of those people are still very badly screwed by the so-called Trump University. You know, not to mention all of his other businesses that have failed. But, you know, when he was scamming mostly low-income people, saying, we'll teach you how to get rich with real estate, which is an old scam, by the way. When he was running this scam, people were like, oh, gee, I wonder if he's a grifter. <laughs> Trump supporters were, were still with him. Uh, when we learned that he had stiffed over 3,000 people who had done work for him, refused to pay them, literally telling people, he and Ivanka on various occasions, you should just be happy that you can put on your resume that you did work for the Trump properties. You don't need to be paid. That's pay enough. You can use that to get other jobs. I mean, this is literally a scam that Donald Trump has been running for 20 or 30 years. He's got dozens of cities all around the country where he did rallies and the cities provided, in good faith, provided police departments and public services and security for which typically they are, well, always, in every case in the past, they're reimbursed by the campaigns. And in some states, this is the law. In others, it's tradition, but whatever. Trump's not paying any of these bills. He's like, screw you guys. I'm keeping all this campaign money myself. It's just amazing. He stiffs his creditors. Now he's stiffing towns. El Paso, Texas is suing him for like a million bucks. And it's for their police. The main people that Trump is stiffing are cops who worked overtime for his rallies and now aren't getting paid for it. Well, the cities are paying for it, but Trump's not re reimbursing the cities, which means eventually they're going to have to cut their budgets in the police department. 
But, you know, the, the, the Trump humpers are like, oh, no, it's just fine. Between 20 and 30 women accusing him of rape and sexual abuse, him admitting to it on television, E. Jean Carroll saying, I've still got the dress with the stain on it. I want a DNA sample. And the conservatives, the Trump humpers, they're all like, oh, that's a, you know, I'll still vote for him. If they aren't stupid, what are they? What am I missing here? I mean, this is the guy who, when the World Trade Center was blown up, went on television and said, and continues to say to this day, that he saw Muslims dancing in the street in, in a city in New Jersey that's got a large Muslim population. And it was a lie. There was no such thing. Anywhere in the United States, American Muslims were as horrified as everybody else. Oh my God, 3,000 Americans just died. He continues to lie about that. When he said he could go out on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody dead and people would still vote for him, they were that stupid. His stupid voters said, okay, cool, yeah, we'll keep voting for you. When conservatives saw Donald Trump making fun of disabled people and calling women pigs and filthy and several, actually, you know, he went after Mika Brzezinski and then he went after Fox News lady Gretchen, whatever her name is. And he you know, watched Fox News, you can tell. Megyn Kelly, the, essentially menstrual slurs. Conservatives like, yeah, that's the guy I want to vote for. You know, when he said the Central Park Five should go to prison back when people thought they were, they should get the death penalty, actually, back when people thought they were guilty, it was controversial. But when DNA proved that they were innocent and they got an apology from the city, Trump to this day is still saying, no, no, they should still be killed. After all, they're, they're black people. And his supporters, yeah, let's vote for this guy. I mean, at one of his rallies, he was, you know, there was a, a heckler at the rally, and he said to the people, take his coat away before you throw him out in the snow. And everybody's like, yeah, that's what we want. We want somebody who's gratuitously cruel. I mean, neo-Nazis and white supremacists are very fine people. If these Trump voters are not stupid, then what are, is it that they're racist? Is it that they're misogynists? Is it they're all wannabe rapists and con men? Is that what's going on? Are there that many people in the United States who really admire rapists and con men? Seriously? When he says he's going to eliminate protections for you and me from big corporations dumping poison in our rivers and in our air, Trump voters, conservative voters, Republican voters said, oh, cool, yeah, poison my children. Honest to God, are these people stupid? When he started overcharging the Secret Service so he could line his own pockets, what, do they all want to be billionaires? When he tore apart families and took literally nursing children away from their mothers and put them in cages and then lost 1,500 of them. Nobody knows where they are. And when he was asked about it down in Texas, he said, they're just animals. And the Trump followers are like, well, that's, that's good enough for me. What is wrong with these people? We need to rebuild trust in both democracy and, and our form of government, the American government.
To do so, there, there are two steps to doing this. The first has to do with holding seditious Republicans accountable, and I'll get to that in a minute. And the second has to do with restoring the protective functions, really, of government, which is the reason why we create governments. I mean, read the preamble to the Constitution. So there are some very specific things in order to do these two things, to hold Republicans to account so that the next Republican president isn't even worse, and to restore Americans' faith and confidence in our government. First of all, let's diagnose the problem here. The simple reason why 78% of Republicans, uh, about 20% of independents, and around 10% of Democrats think Joe Biden didn't actually win the election, that you know Donald Trump had the election stolen from him, is because of trust. I mean, we are trained to trust our presidents. It's a very straightforward thing. We have always trusted our presidents. It hasn't always worked out, right? Lyndon Johnson lied us into the war in Vietnam. George W. Bush lied us into the war in Iraq. McKinley lied us into the Spanish-American War. Yeah, we know that. And those are viewed as betrayals. Ronald Reagan lied to us about Iran-Contra. Bill Clinton lied to us about having sex with Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. But broadly speaking, when something comes out of the White House, we believe that it's true. We think that we can trust it. And there's a reason for this. It is trust is basic to life. We can't survive without trust. Science, religion, and conspiracy theories are all essentially the same thing. They're all attempts to explain things that for the average person are unexplainable. If you're watching or, or listening to me right now, there are electrons flowing from my home to a server in New York that are going back to our studio in Portland that are then going to a satellite uplink in Denver to a satellite and then are coming down to a local radio station near you or going over to Dish or Direct and coming down to you as TV on Free Speech TV. That actually has to bounce twice off Denver because Free Speech TV, does. all this happens in a split second. We don't understand how this works, but we trust science, right? We trust that the gas gauge on our car is telling us the truth. We trust that the medication our doctor prescribes for us isn't going to kill us. Trust is essential for a society to work. Otherwise, things don't work, right? Trust is also essential for religions which is why the, the pedophile priests and the Jerry Falwell Jr. and Jim Jones, you know, why these are such huge betrayals. Because we have to feel safe and that we can trust our institutions, even religious institutions that are based on something that's not objectively seeable. It's, you know, faith. And trust is essential to politics. And what's been going on for 40 years now, since Reagan took over the Republican Party, is that that trust that the GOP built during the Eisenhower years has been used by politicians like Donald Trump and 
George Herbert Walker Bush and Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush, these four Republican presidents have consistently lied to us about a whole collection of things, from Iran-Contra to the first Gulf War. Oh, they're throwing babies out of incubators, right? It turns out that was the princess of, of Kuwait. That's a lying through her teeth to Congress. I mean, it's just like these Republican presidents have consistently betrayed our trust. That's not to say Democrats haven't lied occasionally but their lies just pale in comparison. Just like you don't understand how it is that your computer screen lights up or climate change, you know, the average person doesn't look outside and go, oh, look at that, the climate's changing. I mean, the weather's weird, but you know. So we have to trust, we have to trust our scientists. Trust is like this core thing. And the Republican Party has been betraying our trust. It's, they've been betraying our trust when it comes to everything from religion to science to politics. And similarly, the average person has no way of knowing if there's such a thing as voter fraud. Dead people voting, people voting twice, people who aren't citizens voting. Average person has no way of knowing if that's true. Science has looked at this. Several scientific organizations have looked at over a billion votes in the last 20 years and determined that you know maybe 20 or 30 times a year in the entire country, somebody who's not eligible to vote will vote or somebody will try to vote twice. But basically it's inconsequential, it's meaningless. But the Republicans have been pushing this for 40 years in order to use it as an excuse to knock mostly black people off the voting rolls, to disenfranchise people, to make it harder for people to vote. And look what's happened. So when you consider everything that's going on, and Donald Trump now with his I've been stabbed in the back routine, which is right out of Adolf Hitler's playbook. Hitler's tough guys were busting up Munich beer halls in the 1920s. As a result of that, Hitler went to prison where he wrote Mein Kampf and he made a huge comeback. God forbid that's what's coming up right now. If we want to clean this up, We need to impose severe consequences on these Republican traitors. Bill Pascrell, the Democratic congressman from New Jersey, is absolutely right. Nancy Pelosi should refuse to seat the members of Congress, the Republican members of Congress, who signed this seditious document saying that you know, Trump should be seated as president regardless of the outcome of the election. And the bar associations should strip them of their law licenses. And the media should ignore their bleats. And the ongoing Republican voter suppression campaigns, including the new one, Challenging Signatures, needs to be dismantled state by state. Corporations need to be broken up. We need to undo Citizens United. And meanwhile, America needs to start working for Americans. And this is the critical piece of the whole thing what we need to do going forward to restore trust because without trust you can't have a functioning government this is the tom hartman program so as i was saying there's a few things that we just absolutely need to do in order to restore trust in America, and in order to prevent this kind of thing from happening again. We danced awful close to losing our republic. We almost became an oligarchy. I mean, you know, to a large extent we have been for a long time. That's kind of another conversation. 
but we almost became a dictatorship. Let's be more specific. And 126 Republican members of Congress said, yeah, we're good with that. And the chairperson of the RNC said, yes, that's what we're all about. And the vice president gave a speech saying, yes, this is, this is our mission. The Republicans are actually trying to overthrow our democratic republic. They're spitting in the faces of every American family who ever had anybody, any member of their family throughout history who served in any American war or who ran for political office or who even voted. They're saying, sorry guys, you don't count. So step one is to hold these Republicans to account. Bill Pascrell, the Democrat from New Jersey, points out that in the 14th Amendment, it says, you know, very straightforward, that if you engage in sedition, which is merely calling for the overthrow of the government of the United States, and make no mistake about it, Joe Biden is the president-elect. He's the elected next president of the United States. Calling for the overthrow of that election is sedition by any definition. And the 14th Amendment says if you engage in sedition or rebellion, obviously this is written after the Civil War, but if you engage in sedition, you may not hold a federal elective office in the United States. So number one, Nancy Pelosi needs to say, we are not going to seat these 126 members of the House of Representatives. Now, I realize she's already said, you know, I'm just going to let bygones be bygones. I think that's crazy. If you don't want to prevent them from serving for the next two years, which is what the 14th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States requires, then at least prevent them from being seated between now and, say, February 1st. Or March 1st. Make them pay a price for their crime, for sedition. It's against the law. And it is the most un-American thing you can do. So number one. Number two. Democrats in every state who are attorneys and members of the bar of those states need to file complaints in their state with their state bar associations against their state's representatives who signed off on this attempt to overthrow the government of the United States and have these people thrown out, lose their law licenses. And number three, we need to start taking apart this Republican scheme to prevent people from voting. Meanwhile, to restore faith in the United States, we need to do what 33 of the 34 OECD nations have done, all but us. We are the only country in the world that has not made health care a right, so everybody has access to health care at no cost or at very little cost. And we are the only country that has not made higher education or education right across the board. I mean, Betsy DeVos wants to rip up our public schools, for God's sake, but I'm talking about colleges here that has not made college educations a right. 
we could wipe out all the student debt and all the medical debt in the United States simply by reversing the last two Republican tax cuts for billionaires. All of it. But the Republicans are saying, oh, we can't do that now. It's the, it's the deficit. Oh, my God. We need to make health care a right in the United States. We need to make education a right in the United States. And we need to wipe out medical and educational debt. These are plagues on our society. They're holding back an entire generation of young people, particularly the educational debt. They're wiping out the inheritances of young people as older people get sick and get wiped out financially. I mean, Congress is debating ending surprise billing, and the Republicans are opposed to that, for God's sake. Another reason not to seat them. We have to restore the faith of the American people that government actually works for them. This is job one of the Biden administration. And just getting a vaccine out ain't going to do it. I mean, Donald Trump is doing that kind of semi-incompetently. They didn't plan for it. There's nowhere near enough vaccine going around. We don't here in Oregon. It's going to be months before we even get enough to vaccinate every health care worker in this. You're listening to the Tom Hartman program. But Biden can pick all this stuff up and run with it and needs to. And you and I need to be the ones who are pushing him to do it. Paul in Woodenville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind today? So, Tom, uh, not too long ago, you told me that uh, civil wars start when vacuum of government. And I'm asking you, is not the lack of trust to the degree that we are seeing now in government the beginning of the sucking sound of the vacuum? Aren't we in a cold civil war right now? We are. We absolutely are, Paul. I don't think it's going to turn into a hot civil war because government can still stop these things. But as long as the official armed arm of our government, the police departments, stand by and watch as black churches are vandalized and their signage is burned in the streets and people are attacked, physically attacked, while police stand by and watch, that's very troubling and very concerning. Well, Tom, Tom, and Tom, armed insurgents have plotted against the governor of Michigan and the secretary of state of Michigan. That's, I know, but they're in prison right right. Yeah, they, they they're in plotted, plotted to See, kidnap if, the governor. If, if, this and, was, if this was a country that was on the verge of civil war, those people would not be in jail right now. My point is this, Tom. Democrats are going to have to take a Promethean approach to this problem. This is a festering boil that needs to be brought to a head before it can be lanced and have the disgusting pus squeezed out of it, which is the Republican Party. And here's what I'm disappointed in. What really makes me upset is that my idea for repealing the federal income tax, when I suggested this to both Mark Pocan and and Congressman Khanna, they both had the exact same reaction. The exact same reaction was they're worried about how this will affect poor people in red states. That's what they're worried about. And you know what, Tom? I don't care about them because they have chosen the government that they have in those states. And as Louis Brandeis once said in the case in 1932, let the states be the crucibles of democracy, the test tubes of democracy. And if we want to have progressive ideas, 
have some chance of being started, let them happen in the blue states, keeping the money in the blue states. And you know what? Because yeah. I, as I said to uh, Ro Khanna the other night, the other day was all the Republicans want the federal government for is to collect those taxes so that they can turn it over to private hands. And that's what Medicare Advantage is. That's what the charter schools are. They use the, the arm of government to collect the taxes so that they can shuffle it off into private hands. That's the way they do it. Well, I'm for keeping our tax dollars where they are so that we can we will take care of the blue states will take care of their poor. If the red states want to have the asshole states, then let them. And there should not be taker states and maker states. And under my plan, there wouldn't be. And we would also not have a bloated federal budget that had a trillion-dollar-a-year military because people would start thinking, oh, I really got to pay those taxes. It's not going to be somebody else. I have to pay them. Like I said, a Promethean approach, which is daringly and rebelliously creative in addressing this problem. Paul, I, as you know, I think that your idea is brilliant. I don't know how... Practically. Practical is not the right word, but you know what I mean. I don't know what the probabilities of it ever being made into law are. But I think it's brilliant. I know. And I encourage you to write it up and try to get it published someplace. Submit it to the New York Times as an op-ed. Keep it under 800 words or oh, any okay. of the other publications. I, you know, the, as a starting point, my friend Rob Call runs a, a website called opednews.com. It's an entry point for a lot of people. He's got editorial standards and all that, but it's not quite the closed shop that you find in some of the other kind of Mother Jones kind of uh, high status publications, as it were. It took me at least two or three times of you explaining it to me before I got it. I think that Pocan and Kana's opposition to it, other than not wanting to be viewed as just totally out there by their colleagues. I think principally their opposition to your suggestion was that you just said it in such a short form that they didn't have an opportunity to really understand what you were suggesting. Yeah, I know, but, but, their, but their, I'm, colleagues, I'm, their colleagues in the Senate, Tom, 105 of them just signed on to sedition. So I don't know what out there means anymore, if you know what I mean. Yeah, is it 126 in, and it was in the house. 126. Yes. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I'm with you. Paul, I got to move along, but thank you for the call. Rhoda, Portland, Michigan. Hey, Rhoda, what's up? I totally agree with you that the, that Speaker Pelosi must immediately and publicly denounce the 126 who signed the brief and refuse to feed them in the house, which belongs to the people. Yeah. Members of the Democratic She has Party. denounced them, for the record. Well, she, she, she has, has said that this is un-American, anti-American. I mean, you know, she's, she's used some strong words, but strong words that are not backed up by strong action simply re-empower Republicans. Yes, words are wind. Action speaks. And, and yes. the other thing is members of the Democratic Party have been conversing with a lot of them in D.C. everywhere, as you know, I'm in Michigan, want uh, this. The, the constant lack of consequence created a monster that's in the White House, created a new GOP. You know, they're just mm -hmm. turning off the other cheek. Christ got mad and kicked people out of the synagogue, for God's sake. He yelled at his mm -hmm. mom that he has to be about his father's work. So just being yeah. overly nice is foolish and destructive. It's destroying the democracy also. Because even babies have consequences. They cry too much, mom puts them in bed, make sure the diaper is wet, make sure the burped, and leave them there to cry. I've been I, I'm really with you. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of letting babies cry, but I, I am completely with you that uh, children that don't have consequences for misbehavior grow up to be bad people. 
and yeah, uh, Republicans who don't have consequences for misbehavior grow up to be traitors. Of course. So the lack of consequence could and may well cost the DNC the donations, little donations that grew into big ones, and votes in the 2024 election. She should be able to vote the action. And particularly votes. I mean, yeah, you know, it's like money. you've got to give somebody. You can't just be we're opposed to Trump and the crazies. You've got exactly. to be here's what we're for. And the Democratic Party needs to coalesce around a couple of simple organizing principles. And I think they are Medicare for all, free college education and debt forgiveness and uh, the Green New Deal. Uh, uh, rebuild America in a way that uses less fossil fuels. Um, and, and, and I would add to that, Rhoda, to your point, hold the Republicans accountable for the crimes that they are committing. So would you like to watch the Tom Harbin program, all three hours of our program, anytime you'd like? Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Tom Hartman, T-H-O-M-H-A-R-T-M-A-N-N, all run together. When you become a supporter of the program through Patreon, you have access to the full three-hour show anytime you want, and special content that we put up every single week that is unique specifically to our Patreon page. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Tom Harbin. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Jared in Downington, Pennsylvania. Hey, Jared, what's on your mind today? I want to talk about these Republican traders in the country. Um, I was just recently talking to somebody who was a uh, MAGA cultist. I've come to the conclusion that these people can't be saved, honestly. They're too far gone at this moment. Like, trying to reason with them is just, you might as well not even bother. We have to... It's like trying to talk somebody out of their religion, because that's what it's become. I mean, I've argued that Q in a lot of ways is a new religion in a lot of ways. I mean, it's basically a new age religion. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at this point if it becomes a new religion. Well, I would go beyond and, that. I'd um, say the entire GOP has become this. You know, it, 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 yes, there's that's one of several conspiracy theories that are floating around within the GOP. But the GOP, you know, since since really Nixon invited the white racists in, and then Reagan invited the fundamentalist Christians, the, the televangelists, Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson and those guys in. Um, you know, the, the Republican Party has been of, by, and for rich people and big corporations and the people who keep it in power, a bunch of misfits, basically. 
yeah, this isn't the party of Taft or Roosevelt anymore of the Republican. They or Dwight Eisenhower. <laughs> yeah, it's the party of the white, gun-toting, you know, QAnon conspiracy theorists. It's the party and of George Taft. Wallace. Yeah. Yeah, you know, which, which, Wallace, you know Wallace was a Democrat, and he left the Democratic. The Civil Rights Act infuriated him, made him insane, and he tried to take back the Democratic Party, back to being the fundamentally racist party. He lost, and that was the end of that. You know, and then, then of course, he got shot, and you know, God forbid, a terrible thing. But this is nothing new. I mean, this is this is what the Dixiecrats were all about, and they had all their weird conspiracy theories. You know, pre '64. And now it's the GOP. It's, this is a strain of crazy that's been part of America for a long, long time. But you forgot one key fact about George Wallace. He ran as a third-party candidate in 1968, I believe, or, yeah, 1968 when he got shot. And uh, I think that's what's happening with the GOP. I think there's going to be a huge split between the Trumpists and the, you know, the... the yeah. I thought he ran in the Democratic primary because Michigan was the only state that sent him Um, or was that earlier? American American Independent Party. I think that was earlier. Yeah. Uh, Okay. All righty. Jared, thank you. Hey, Tom Harbin here. I have a new book out. It's called The Hidden History of Monopolies, How Big Business Destroyed the American Dream. And Ralph Nader wrote the foreword. It's available for pre-order wherever you find fine books. Did you know that there have been eight federal judges who have been convicted and removed from the federal bench? Fifteen altogether have been impeached. Eight have been removed from office since, uh, well, since the beginning. Um, Three of them since 1988, including one judge, Thomas Porteous, down in Louisiana, who was impeached and removed from office for signing false financial declarations under penalty of perjury, which it turns out it looks like Clarence Thomas did for quite a number of years when he uh, did not disclose, as he is required by law to do, that his wife was taking hundreds of thousands of dollars from the Heritage Foundation. That and his perjury around Anita Hill and others, there were, there were uh, numerous witnesses that didn't even get called, could uh, legitimately spark an impeachment of Clarence Thomas. We've got a video about this over at TomHarbin.com for supporters of our program. Check it out. Tom Harvin here with you, Alfredo, in Mountain View, California. Hey, Alfredo, what's up? Yeah, Tom, how are you? It is outrageous to me that the Congress passed this defense budget, $740-something billion, and they never ask how we're going to pay for it. And yet, we right. don't have money for universal health care. Yeah, it is just outrageous. Every year they do this. And, and the other thing that I want to throw out at you is... How is it that these guys in Wisconsin with weapons and arms show up and, and protest in front of, of some of the politicians there? These are acts of terrorism. Yeah, that, that's not free speech. You know, weapons and guns have no place in, in a democracy and where people are expressing themselves. You know, you think back to the day, uh, Louise and I have been binge watching The Crown, you know, this TV series on Netflix which is a whole nother conversation that I'd 
plan on having with you maybe after the first of the year when things settle down a little bit about monarchy versus democracy. But everybody's smoking back in the 50s, right? My dad got addicted to cigarettes because he was given two packs a week as, or two cartons a week, as I recall, and he joined the army during World War II, right? And uh, it killed him. I mean, it was one of the things that and asbestos killed him. So we have this kind of precedent for these, you know, very, very toxic things. And, and, and on it goes. John in San Francisco. Hey, John, what's up? I've been writing Nancy Pelosi for the last few years. She's my congressperson. And uh, I understand she actually reads you know, the postcards, just sending her, you know, simple postcards. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of my, my suggestions, uh, I like to take credit for, like the impeachment of Trump. She was waffling on that. And then she went ahead and then um, paper ballot for the entire U.S. She has nothing to do with it. I give her credit anyway. I totally agree with Paul from Washington State. But, you, know, you know, these guys are seditionists and telling a new. Fast forward to overnight last night, there was a report on the news about the Russians hacking the Treasury Department this fall. And you know what Trump's response was? As, as Republicans were hacking into the U.S. government, he went golfing. Russians. He hasn't said a word. I know. Russians, Tom, not, not Republicans, Russians. Oh, did I say Republicans? I meant to say Russians. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. Well, my last call was about Xfinity hacked the comments from the uh, newsreaders on, on media. Every time they said President-elect Joe Biden, they, they would doubt that dialogue. I, I saw him to do it to Gwen Ifill last week also. Or not Gwen Ifill, the other one, uh, Judy Woodruff. The Russians have hacked the Treasury and what other department? I don't, don't know if it's Health and Human they Services. Think it's commerce. Yeah, go ahead. They think they've hacked the Commerce Department. They know they've hacked it. Yeah. Well, the way it was presented on the news, and I was listening to mass media overnight. It was probably CBS or something, but I, I was shocked. Well, what shocked me was the fact that the Trump administration has made no official response whatsoever. Um, you know, yeah, Donald the dereliction of duty. To our country being hacked. Yeah, I think it's treason. Uh, Donald Trump's response to to a a foreign government hacking our government was to go golfing. You know, no comment. Nah, no big deal. Kia in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Kia, what's up? Hi. I think I've solved the problem of these miscreant representatives. If they are not going to be booted, then Speaker Pelosi should insist before they're seated that they take a constitutional law class, college level, and I think Obama would be the perfect instructor for that class. You know, you just you just uh, inspired a, a thought, Kia, uh, as an interim step. How about Nancy Pelosi simply requires the 126 of them to all stand and raise their hand and once again take the oath of office because they've clearly violated their oath of office. In, in other words, would you repudiate your past actions and once again swear allegiance to the Constitution of the United States? I'm guessing some of them will refuse to do that. And if they do, then they shouldn't be seated. But that, that might be kind of a, soft, a softer way to do it. But Kia, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I am beyond pissed off at these guys. They are trying to tear down not just America, American democracy, a, a democratic republic, They're trying to tear down the idea of democracy, a 3,000-year-old meme. They're trying to tear that down. 
It doesn't get worse than that. It really doesn't. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Alejandro in Miami. Hey, Alejandro, what's up? The always, I guess, the continuing series of I guess, Democratic cowardice or maybe an inconvenience or whatever. The Democrats need to impeach Trump. I don't want to hear any more excuses about, oh, but we don't feel like it. We're not going to go anywhere. Trump is trying, is, a, is, is like a dictator, in, you know, waiting. He wants to be a dictator so bad. He's trying to undermine the Constitution, undermine the elections, you know, do all these crony schemes. The Democrats just need to impeach him already. And especially, you do, uh, you know, kick out all the, the members of the field. So here's the uh, equation, Alejandro. If they impeach him again, <clears throat> first of all, there's no way that they're going to get him out of office because the Republicans still won't go along with it. But it might cut off his ability to pardon himself. The downside is... If they start impeachment hearings against him, that will almost certainly cause us to lose the Senate because it will so polarize Georgia, even far more so than they are right now, um, that you're going to see a lot more Republican turnout in Georgia. Right now, the Republicans in Georgia are dispirited. There's a battle in the Republican Party. Now, that's a pretty cynical view but, and, you know, political calculation. If your larger point is it's time for the Democrats to start taking names and kicking ass and doing it in ways that are unmistakable, I am totally with you. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Uh, let's see here. Jeff in Spanaway, Washington. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind today? So I get my voter pamphlet here in Washington, kind of like you talked about down in Oregon. And uh, there was a whole lot of candidates that called themselves Trump Republicans. And I think we just need to use his ego against him. He needs to start a third party. The, you know, Republicans or whatever you want to call them, uh, Re Republicans, I tend to call them. But uh, he could start his third party, and the Republican Party could go the way of the Whigs. He knows he can make money off of it, and he stoked his ego enough. He knows he could start a third party, split Republican Party, and they go the way of the Whigs. Teddy Roosevelt tried that in 1912, and that's how Woodrow Wilson got elected to the White House. The, uh, you know, Teddy uh, started the uh, Progressive Party, which had the Bull Moose as its logo. So it's usually referred to as the Bull Moose Party, but it was called the Progressive Party sure. at the time. He yeah. And, you know, against Taft, basically, who was also a progressive Republican. People forget that the first two Republican presidents, yeah. the first two presidents of the 20th century were Republicans, and they were both progressives. And, Isn't that and, something and, else? And, you know, 
Yeah, it is. And because of the fight between them, it led to a conservative racist Democrat getting elected and Woodrow Wilson, you know, which is kind of a whole separate thing. But I think what's going on, I mean, uh, one of the guys who was one of the founders of the Republican Party, one of the more high profile guys, whether it was Steve Schmidt or Rick Wilson or, or whoever, referred to the Lincoln Party. And then he said, oops, I guess that's a Freudian slip. I meant the Lincoln Project. And my guess is that the anti-Trump Republicans, you know, Trump now owns the GOP. Anti-Trump Republicans are, there's a battle right now within the, this is speculation on my part, but my speculation is that there's a battle right now within the Lincoln Project crowd, not necessarily within the Lincoln Project itself, but among those folks where some of them want to do what Steve Schmidt did and become Democrats and just, you know, be on the side of a party that can actually win elections. And the other ones want to start a party to replace the Republican Party. My guess is they're going to call it the Lincoln Party and that that party will then be, you know, they, they will try to get, you know, reasonable and moderate Republicans elected all across the country and push out the Trumplicans. And we'll see the death of the old Republican Party. And if that's the case, it'll probably take at least two, maybe three election cycles, four to 12 years before it all shakes out and one or the other of those two parties ends up dominant and we're back to having a two-party system. That's certainly how it happened between 1908 and, uh, you know, say 1920, as well, the, the uh, Republican the, Party was going the, through its convulsions the and then GOP started. Is, is a bankrupt right. party just like Trump. Yeah, the thing back at the, in the early part of the 20th century that finally brought the GOP back together was Warren Harding in 1920. And he said, no, we're going to be the party of the rich, period, full stop. And that's why he ran for president in 1920 on the campaign of dropping taxes back down to 25%. He called it a return to normalcy. Jeff, thank you for the call. Marco in Los Angeles. Hey, Marco, thanks for listening to KPFK. What's up? Is there something missing here? Am I missing something here? What do I need? Back in June of 2018, after Trump had pulled all kinds of stuff, but before the Ukraine money stuff, the impeachment, you said, what's it going to take to get us out of this? 2018. Some of us have been calling, attempting, attempting to get you well, how to move. You read something called urgent action several times, and it doesn't get done. Are yeah, you there? What's your point, Marco? Are you try to critique me or the system, or I don't understand what you're trying to say here? Okay, just, what just I'm saying, to, what I'm saying to you is, you you ask for a Republican to come and debate with you. I'm saying to you that what we have is curable through common sense Republican Democratic principles. You call for a political revolution with Bernie Sanders, but you don't say what the revolution is. Neither of you. You just say that, and, it's, and it scares people. No, we, we, no, no, Marco, we need to join every other advanced democracy in the world and make health care a right for all people, make education a right for all people, end medical debt in the United States. There is no medical debt in the rest of the developed world. End educational debt in the United States. There is no educational debt in the rest of the developed world and strengthen our unions. Most of the other countries in the developed world have over 50% unionization. Most of your Northern European countries are over 90% unionization. Here in the United States, we're down to 6% as a result of the war that Ronald Reagan declared on organized labor in 1981. And that is, in, in my mind, those are the lead points 
of a political revolution. And by the way, it's not a particularly revolutionary thing because more than 50% of Americans agree with all those points. And other than unions, more than 50% of Republicans agree with two out of three of those points. Except that what I'm saying is from our foundation, from our founders, we have it right now within our grasp to jump leapfrog what those other nations have done with what we began way back in 1790. We have that. You and I, if we had this dialogue like you asked for, Republican, if you would listen to me with Republican principles, then you and I... Marco, you got about 30 seconds. I'm listening. What what specifically are you suggesting? I'm suggesting you give me the time that you give Ro Khanna and Mark Buchanan Marco. and everybody else. Wait, hey. I'm sorry, Marco. I, you know, if, if that's your solution, put me on the air for an hour. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, respectfully, but no. I mean, three or four times you said, oh, you know, we Republicans, we can do this. We'll use Republican principles. Well, what are those principles? As far as I can tell, the principles of the Republican Party are get as much money as you can from the fat cats, the rich guys, and the big corporations, and give them anything they want, even if it means killing people, poisoning the air, poisoning the water, and destroying things like Medicare and Social Security. That's my read of Republican principles, big R Republican principles. And maybe it's yours, too, because you wouldn't say. I mean, it's... Randall in Oceanside, California. Hey, Randall, what's on your mind? Well, Tom, I tell you, you're on my mind right now. That thing that you said about letting these people, the 126, go basically scot-free to renounce what they did is totally absurd. We have to have accountability. These people knew what they were doing when they took their stand. They knew the consequences when they took their stand. If not, they should have. And therefore, we cannot have a kumbaya moment. We have to hold these people accountable, period. They should not be seated, period. I agree, but Nancy Pelosi's already said that ain't going to happen. So at least we should solicit an admission of guilt and apology from them. No. At the very least. No. Yeah. Well, okay. You know, take that position, Randall. But, you know, as long as, as long as Nancy Pelosi is saying no, I am with you. And this is the reason why I think, you know, we should all be tweeting at Nancy Pelosi and emailing Nancy Pelosi. And I got a fundraising there you request go. In fact, from Nancy Pelosi from Georgia yesterday. And I replied with a comment to the effect of, you know, tell, you know, come back and, and ask me for money when you've when you've refused to seat 126 Republicans. Uh, I'm sure nobody ever saw it, though, you know, and I gave some money to, to, to the thing anyway. But, Randall, I get it. I totally get it. I, I can't disagree with you. Steve in Lake Elsinore, California. Hey, Steve, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. Long-time listener and first-time caller. Um, well, today, you, uh, 221 years ago, uh, George Washington died. And he was yep. vehemently opposed to partisanship. And he would be, I'm sure, very embarrassed by what the Republicans have done with this, uh, this 126 vote. And uh, so I just wanted to get a comment from you, maybe if, what do you think Washington would have thought about, especially since the two acts of violence occurred in Washington, Washington State and Washington, D.C.? And, uh, you know, I'm like you, I, I believe that there maybe is a, a cold civil war, you know, beginning. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we had a shooting in Olympia, Washington, in the state capitol, and we had four stabbings and, and the burning of part of a, of a black church in Washington, D.C. 
Uh, I'm sorry, Steve. Yeah, and what, what would he have thought? And you know, just, a, just a terrible thought. And by the way, um, yesterday on Susie Weissman's show, Beneath the Surface, she had a brilliant interview with her brother, Irving Weissman uh, of Stanford, about uh, the coronavirus, how the vaccine works, and the relationship between government and medicine. Okay, it's what your listeners would really find it valuable to uh, look it up mm. in their archives. So, and okay. one last I'll thing, um, the, the NPR mentioned a, a RAND report last week. It was uh, sponsored by a billionaire uh, talking about wealth disparity and how uh, Reaganomics has contributed to everybody in America worth about 50% of what they should be. So it's something you have, uh, might want to look up and, again, maybe make a comment about later on. Yeah. Okay. I'll check that out, Steve. Um, by the way, okay, with regard you. to George Washington, you're, you're absolutely right that prior to his becoming president, um, he was totally supportive of Madison's rant in Federalist Number 10, you know, about the danger of factions. Um, to, his, to his dying days, uh, uh, Washington was an opponent of uh, what he referred to as factions. But factions back in that day were identified as groups whose interest was adverse to the republic. And uh, not just political parties, because uh, Washington himself became a Federalist and, and oppo openly opposed Jefferson's Democratic Republicans, um, although that was after he was out of the White House. But uh, just to add a little nuance to your, to your comment. Steve, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. You know, a few other newsworthy things that I wanted to point out to you. Remember when Chris Krebs was fired? He was in charge of cybersecurity keeping us from being hacked by foreign governments. Donald Trump fires him, and then what happens? Uh, we get hacked by a foreign government. Meanwhile, Louise and I tuned into Fox News this morning because everybody was just doing stories about, hey, look, people are getting virus vaccines. And it was like after the first five minutes, it was like, okay, I know that. And so let's check out Fox News. And what were they talking about? Hunter Biden. Oh, Hunter Biden. Hey, looks like he made some money in China. Uh, Ivanka Trump and her husband just bought a 184-acre plot of land on a private 29-resident island off the coast of Miami for 30 million bucks. They made $36 million last year while they were working for the government. Ivanka Trump is under investigation right now for stealing money or redirecting money or rerouting money from the Trump inaugural fund into the family business, which she profited from. I mean, yeah, look into Hunter Biden. No problem. But let's keep looking into Ivanka as well and Jared in particular, because it looks like she's planning on primary challenging Marco Rubio in a year. And that's going to get interesting. Stella in Houston, Texas. Hey, Stella, what's on your mind today? I'm calling in response to call from Paul about about doing away with federal income taxes in the red states. He meant in all states. And his point was that, you know, if you're paying a total of 25 percent income taxes right now, combined state and federal, most of that is federal tax. Just stop that being a federal tax and make it entirely a state tax. Still paying 25 percent. But then the state has to send money to the federal government to pay for the defense budget. The state has to spend money, send money to the federal government to pay for, you know, the two dollars and forty one cents that Kentucky gets for every dollar that they send to D.C. right now. It would end red state welfare. And Texas, the state where you live, Stella, would have to impose a uh, an income tax on its citizens, which you don't have right now. 
that's not what I heard from him. And now that you said what you said, it makes more sense. But what I was going to say about that was, I mean, he said that he didn't care about the poor people in the red states and that because they chose that they chose their government. Well, not I, all I of us did. So. I mean, you said, OK, <laughs> well, that's that, that that makes me feel a lot better, Tom. And by the way, I wanted to say that I'm a longtime listener and this is the first time I've called. So I, I enjoy your show. Well, thank you, Stella. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that, uh, first of all, I don't think that this would punish uh, low-income people in red states. What it would do is it would force red states to start behaving responsibly. You've, most of the red states in the United States are basically living on the dole. They're taking enormous amounts of federal money, and they're using that to, and, and, you know, with, uh, in particular, food stamps and Medicare, and, or Medicaid, rather. Um, they're using that. They're using federal dollars to subsidize poverty in their states, and they're keeping that poverty in place using those federal subsidies. If that money had to come from the taxpayers of the states themselves, I think that, that, that the individual states might start getting very serious about doing the right thing. For example, single-payer health care. If, if you've got, you know, if Texas had to pay, if, if Texas was, uh, you know, if all of the tax revenues, if all of the costs of Medicare, Medicaid, uh, the Children's Health Insurance Program, all those expenses in Texas that are right now being paid with federal dollars, if they had to come out of Texas taxpayers, I think that there would be a real strong incentive in Texas to put in a single-payer system because it'll save them 20% right off the top and, and, you know, and cover everybody in the state. It would be a strong encouragement to more responsible behavior. Again, I think it's pie in the sky, um, you know, but I think Paul is brilliant for having come up with it. And, and it should be the beginning, maybe the opening salvo in an effort to stop these red state welfare, uh, you know, uh, routines where Mitch McConnell shovels $2.41 into Kentucky for every dollar they send to D.C. I don't know what it is in Texas, frankly, but, um, you know, so, and, and that's they're not unique by the, you know, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, all of these states are getting a whole lot more from all the rest of us in the blue states and some and there's a couple red states that are maker states but most of them are taker states than than the rest of them are so um, well i don't know who that money is going to here i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but i don't know don't go for it who's receiving the money here in texas but it's not the poor people i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah yeah so, well so and that's I don't know the thing getting it if, if everybody in Texas was paying a substantial state income tax, then suddenly the Texas legislature becomes something that people pay attention to. And your local politicians get held accountable. I think one of the biggest crimes in America, political crimes in America, is the stuff that goes on in state houses that people don't even know about because they're not paying attention. You know, everybody knows who their senator is, their, their U.S. senator. They have no idea who their state senator is. And they don't know who their state representative is. And those people are passing laws and doing things that, that you know, are, are following the water and are, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Stella, thank you for the call. It's great to hear from you. I hope you call again. I got to run, though. Thank you very much. Susan in Decatur, Georgia. Hey, Susan, what's up? Being around Trump people, and my mm -hmm. experiences, I used to live in Gwinnett County. We just recently moved. Gwinnett County is a big Trump area. It's at least 50, 50, 60, 40. My experience so far has been that I had an anti-Trump sign in my yard and a Trump person came into my yard and wanted to know if my house had been vandalized. 
you know, we had a short, brief discussion before COVID. And I said, you know, are you good with him being so fascist and authoritarian and everything? And he starts just cracking up laughing. And he says, oh, we've been fascist for 40 years and we're good with it. We love it. With the the COVID, as far as... As far as masks, I've been chased, I've been braided, I've been harassed, I've been told that can't kills more people than COVID. COVID, by the way, last week surpassed all other causes of death in the United States. It used to be heart disease was number one, cancer was number two. COVID is now right. number one. Susan, thank you so much for your story. It's, uh, it's great to hear from you. Thanks for listening down in Decatur, Georgia. Rudy in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Rudy, what's up? Do you think that an ideology and a virus... Can they kind of like be the same? Because they both kill, right? Can we kind of come to that agreement? Well, that's where the phrase going viral comes from, is the analogy between ideologies and memes and thoughts and perspectives and viruses. They're contagious. Right. So, you know, no one knows how this thing is going to end. I'm grateful for this station, and Lord knows I've always said if I hit the lottery, I, I would donate some money to you guys. I wish that there were more of my good white people just stand up a little bit more. I this believe. is a cancer, Tom. This is a cancer that's been put on white America from the beginning, from the inception of this country. And it was yeah. racist. If white America don't find some kind of way to take this cancer out of, because, I mean, let's face it. Why is this a con? You know, it's it's just it's another label. These people have been able to take label everybody and use it against, and we have to find a way to cut this thing out. And I'm hoping and praying that big business, at the end of the day, will see to it that it, it it is it is out because that's really the only thing that can cut this thing out is big business with money. Yeah, I you know that's a, that's certainly a very large piece of it, Rudy. Yeah, it's also a cultural thing. I mean, you know, people need to, we need to get to know each other. And our social structures, that cancer you're describing of racism has been embedded in European culture for thousands of years and was brought to this continent along with people who were enslaved. And you're absolutely right. It's, it's, and and by the way, it's not only killing African-Americans, it's killing white people too. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a self, it's self-destructive. And it's tearing our country apart, and, and I am, I'm, I'm completely with you. I don't have any easy or facile answers. I think that this is something that we all need to work on, you know, step by step. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 